0: All right, we are live again. Another episode of the Ed Lowe podcast. Subscribe, subscribe. Another big one, an exciting one for me. I have Al Snow here. Al, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Uh, thank you very much for having me on. I really do appreciate it.
0: Yeah, well, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is so jacked up. Um
1: wanted I to ask. That's okay. Mine is too.
0: <laughs> so, um, Al, you know, have you noticed that you just finished up? I mean, I just debuted a, a Netflix special um, called Wrestlers, which highlights you and Ohio Valley <laughs> Wrestling. How has how OVW done since that debuted?
1: Uh, we have consistently now, uh, you know, in regards to the Thursday night television uh, broadcast, um, we've consistently sold out uh, mm-hmm. for the last 12 or 13 weeks, I believe. Oh, um, and it looks like we'll, you know we have two more actual live television shows uh for this year and then one more uh, a pay-per-view um on so we have this week next week and then we have the pay-per-view on next saturday december 16th wow. and um it we're already pretty much um i would say two-thirds Uh, physical attendance sold out for the pay-per-view uh it looks like we will sell out again this week and i'm i'm pretty confident we'll sell out next week uh which will put us you know at you know finishing out the year uh very strong with uh consistent sellouts for the last last 16 17 weeks since wrestlers premiered
0: that's that's awesome. And and do you find that you're getting a lot of people kind of flying in to come and see
1: you now? Or is it more locals are interested? Well, both. Um, we certainly have had some people that have flown in, have traveled from other parts of the country. Mm. Uh, uh, the very first week uh, that or second week that wrestlers had mm. premiered, uh, a couple had flown in from Las Vegas to attend mm. one of the shows, um, you know, which was was very flattering and just kind of blew me away um you know and uh um but for the most part it's it's still local um attendance uh on a very consistent basis um it's you know the netflix thing has given us the one thing that we were you know desperately uh constantly trying to get and that was uh awareness and uh relevancy you know and uh it's really done a great job as far as raising the awareness level and and increasing the relevancy of the uh, product.
0: It's, you know, for me, as someone who's ran on a low level, um, independent wrestling shows and (coughs) shows and (coughs) shows, I felt like it did a really good job of highlighting first, the difficulties of running wrestling specifically with people, especially if you're in bed with people who don't know wrestling, I thought that was, it was really good at highlighting that. And then also kind of highlighting the push pull between management and wrestlers and highlighting just the eclectic type of people that are involved in the business. Did you feel like it did a really good job of highlighting all the people that, you know, that you obviously care about who are in your kind of stewardship at OVW? Yeah, absolutely.
1: I, you know, I think that uh, Greg Lightly and his crew were, uh, um, you know, did an amazing job, um, were amazingly talented, mm-hmm. and uh, were, you know, they were there from the end of May, the last week of May, till uh, the end of August. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, seven days a week, sometimes 10 mm-hmm. to 12 to 16 hours a day filming. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was so much more footage that they could have utilized, you know, and To be able to go through and sift through all of that and and pick out certain moments that are able to help communicate a story and stories uh, to, you know, to a television audience is is amazing.
0: Yeah. You know, it's always fascinating to me. People, people's stories about how and why they got into wrestling. Were you always a wrestling fan? Was this something you always wanted to do? Did you fall into it? What What, what got you into wrestling in the first place? Uh,
1: you know, as a kid, I was a wrestling fan, not a not a diehard, you know, by any means, but when I became a teenager, uh, and this will definitely date me, <laughs> um, you know, we, you know, we at the, I think it was 1976, 77, somewhere in that area. Mm. It was the advent of cable television Mm. and, uh, you know, we, uh, um, got the, you know, first national promotion, which was Georgia championship wrestling on, uh, TBS Turner broadcasting. Mm. Mm. And, um, you know, I watched, you know, watched it, it just caught me and I was just enamored. I mean, I was blown away. And, uh, you know, I watched it for a couple of years. I was 14 and made the decision that, you know, I wanted, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a professional wrestler and, um, you know, and, uh, I, you know, it was at that time was even much more closed, (coughs) much more secular business. Um, and being 14, you know, there, you know, the odds of getting in were, you know, nothing. That wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. And, uh, you know, finally by the time I was 18, after I'd been trying since I was 14, um, you know, it just, things fell into place and, you know, that started the, uh, started the journey. So. You
0: you actually had a really interesting journey in that it it seems as though you, in the eighties and nineties, at least you were kind of known as like, the best kept secret in wrestling for a long time, which I've I've known some people who've had the same thought, and they're always frustrated. Like I don't want to be a secret, right? Yeah, sure. um, it seems like it took you a little bit to get your footing with the gimmick with Snow and Head and all of that. <clears throat> uh, what do you think kind of clicked? And 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 I think what I'm really asking is is now that you've done, I mean, you've done everything to do now in wrestling. You've been a wrestler. You've been an agent for TNA wWE you you run a promotion do you think there was something that you you lacked until mm-hmm. you got that what, what sure. was it do you think you lacked
1: uh a definable persona something that allowed an audience to describe me in a sentence or less that's the key to being a star that's the key to being an attraction you can be as good and adept at performing <laughs> as you want uh, you can be as athletic as you want that's those are all you know definitely, You need all of that, those skills. You need to be charismatic. You need to be intelligent. You need to be, you know, a a really great communicator, you know, you, you definitely need all of those things. But the one singular thing that you can't do without is the ability to communicate a persona that allows an audience to describe you to their friends and family in a sentence or less. And every single time, you know, throughout the years that I would develop something like that, happen upon something like that as far as creating that persona, then I enjoyed a much more a much greater amount of notoriety, uh, and a lot more financial success, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I uh you know ceased pursuing those things you know what of, of focusing on that and started focusing again on just the uh, in-ring wrestling performance and etc well then you know I am my success slid backwards you mm-hmm. know I was still successful in my mind because I was still doing what I loved to do but um, I certainly was not a draw an attraction you know, mm-hmm. which is uh, the endeavor in this business,
0: Right.
1: in any entertainment business, you know, if right. you're not a draw, you're not an attraction, then you don't make money. You know, you're here. Right. This isn't contrary to the popular misbelief of these days, you know, people are not it. This isn't a job. It never has been. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no performer of any type of entertainment is employed. Um They're Give it a stage, give it a platform, and then they utilize that to make themselves stars. That then motivate uh, greater and greater amounts of people to leave the comfort and safety and security of their home, drive to a building, pay for admission to get in to see that person do perform their their particular talent. And it, you know, and the person, the performers' pay is based only on one thing. How many people are gonna come see them? Mm-hmm. Not not on that they're really good as a comedian or an actor or an athlete. No. How many people are gonna to pay to see them? Mm-hmm. That is what generates what percentage of that gate that performer gets.
0: Simply how do right. you how do you as a promoter and as a trainer, as an agent, uh-huh. how do you gauge that? You know, like, it's, how do you it's pre- not
1: hard. I mean, you can tell who an audience is, is coming to see, you know, who the vast majority are coming to see. I mean, there was no, you know, in the uh, 80s, there was no question it was, it was Hulk Hogan that was driving the bus, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there was no question that in the Attitude Era, it was Steve Austin, who was mm-hmm. driving the bus, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, you know, granted uh, for you know, as over as a baby face will possibly be, you need a heel that has heat. And, you know, and so, you know, if there had not been a Vince McMahon, Steve Austin wouldn't have been the draw that he was. If there hadn't been a line of big monster heels standing in the wings, waiting one after the other to be fed to Hulk Hogan, you know, Hulk Hogan wouldn't have been the attraction yeah. that he was. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's always been the case, you know. Uh, you know, if you know, Muhammad Ali was an incredible boxer, but Muhammad Ali knew that people weren't going to pay to just see him be an incredible boxer, so that's why he adopted, you know, things from skills from professional wrestling, knowing how to, you know, do interviews and cut promos to, you know, motivate. You know, people to either A, you know, 99% of the time wanting to just see him lose. You know, that was Mm -hmm. why he had that type of persona, was so that it would motivate people to pay to see him lose. Mm -hmm. And that's how he, you know, otherwise, you know, you could be the greatest boxer, you'd be the greatest MMA fighter, but if no one will pay to see you, you have literally no value in that sport. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. You know? Yeah.
0: So in your, uh, when you, when you have a new person coming through ovw uh, do you do you turn anybody away do you say yeah you just don't have it or you give them the shot try to teach? No, them I always
1: them? yeah I always give people an opportunity because mm-hmm. you really just cannot tell by you know just looking at somebody sure uh, what they can be or can't be and what they can be developed into mm-hmm. you know yeah uh, you know, if a new person comes in, I tell them right off the bat, the, the three things that I need from you are, you know, a uh, um, willingness to be coached and and listen. And, um, you know, in a good attitude, a willingness to work hard. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then also, thirdly, not be a cancer in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all I need, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll help with everything else. I'll do everything I can to help you succeed. That's not, you know, me just saying that. I mean, I really will make that effort to do it. And the reason I will make that effort to do it's not for some magnanimous reason of I'm charitable and I'm the mother Teresa of wrestling. It's because, you know, the way that I was brought into the business, I still hold true to, and that is these people carry my reputation forward. You know, they carry my name and I've spent 41 years making that name. I have a lot I'm not bragging, I just I am I have a lot of respect within the wrestling business, and I have no intention of ever losing that.
0: Yeah. Now, <clears throat> when you so so now that you've you've done this, you've you've created. Well, let me ask you why why after everything that you've done, did you decide I want to start a wrestling pr- or I want to buy a wrestling promotion and train these independent wrestlers?
1: I don't know. I think. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I lost my mind at some point, you know. I well, did I you ever really have,
0: did you really have your mind if you got into pro wrestling ever? <laughs> uh,
1: well, we're all broken people. I mean, that's just that's true. Uh, Very true. It wasn't the plan. I could tell you that. You know, it was not the plan. Uh, uh, it was a weird kind of situation. I guess it was, you know, clearly serendipity. Mm Um, especially if you consider the way everything's fallen together and turned out, uh, you know, the, uh, I had at the time when this came all about, you know, I was on a quest, um, to try to institute standards in professional wrestling, um, hold, you know, start setting a bar that for entry into it and. and training, training standards. Um, I was getting very, very frustrated, very disappointed in the fact that, you know, I was fifty whatever number of years old, and uh, I was probably, and you know, not, not just aesthetically or cosmetically, but I, you know, I was one of the guys in the locker room on some of these independent shows that looked the most like he was an actual professional wrestler, <laughs> and, and I was you know, athletically in better condition than a lot of the guys that were in the ring, in in the ring working. And that's inexcusable to me, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially not the aesthetic cosmetic part, even though that does play a role because, you know, I, you know, you've got to, as soon as you walk through the curtain, the audience has got to believe in you, that you make your living in a athletic competitive combat situation. And uh, to help create the illusion that they that allows them to believe that you know those wins and losses really matter, you know, and uh, because there's only, that's the only consequence to getting in the ring, and uh, for the audience, um, you know, and then seeing people that were in the ring and they they you know six minutes in they're just gassed to the gills, you know, blown up, they're breathing heavy. And now they've become a danger, not only to their opponent, but to themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and when they're attempting that, you know, that, uh, high spot they saw on raw this week, that they you know, they wanted a copy, you know, there's a good chance that somebody can get hurt, not hurt, injured. We always get hurt. I mean, that's just <laughs> a good part of it, but injured means that, you know, and, and, and here's a fact that we, we don't want to acknowledge you know, as wrestlers, every time we walk into that ring, there is a percentage of a chance that we could suffer a life altering or life ending injury. Mm -hmm. Why are we now not holding enough holding standards and enough respect for each other to now be in enough condition physically to where we mitigate those chances and make them fewer and fewer instead of increasing them by having somebody in there that's you know too, you know too uh, winded and is now sloppy and somebody could get hurt uh, and then you know uh, at the time uh, in a commissioned state um, a young man in Oklahoma uh, was poorly trained and went on a wrestling show with somebody else that was poorly trained you know suffered a head injury um, was in a coma for quite a while until they pulled the plug and he died. And that motivated me to then start, you know, going to these wrestling commissions, you know, especially after I had had a talk with my wife, who is a licensed masseuse. Um, Mm -hmm. and I realized, wait a minute, every licensed profession, you know, from masseuse to hairdresser to barber to mortician for God's sakes, you know, uh, you have to go to a state accredited uh, training school, you have Mm -hmm. to be taught by a state approved and state accredited trainer, teacher, you have to complete a certain amount of state approved accredited hours. And then you have to have a certain amount of of residency training, hands on Mm -hmm. experience supervised hands on experience before you can even take a test to get a license. Mm -hmm. And you get a test, you take a test before you get the license here in in professional wrestling, which is a licensed vocation. It's not, it's not boxing. It's not MMA. It's not martial arts where you're just doing this as a hobby. This is a vocation. Mm -hmm. And you're learning when you go to be taught, you're being taught skills to be able to pursue a career, to make a living. Why is it that, you know, there are no standards. Anybody can train anybody at any time. There's, you know, there's no set, you got to have this much experience. Anybody can open up, you know, put a ring in any building, call it a training facility and ta-da off we go, Mm -hmm. you know, um, anybody can get a wrestling license, uh, at any time in any state, you know, you know, most, all you have to do is just take a physical, then you pay your money, your fee, Mm -hmm. you know, and the physical is basically to just prove you're alive. Um, (laughs) And I was like, you know, why are we not having a training license? And then, and then that allows you to train and you have to pass a certain physical test to get that. Mm. And then you have a, you know, state required a number of hours of training and et cetera, and then they get to take a test to show that they are adept physically. And then they get a license to wrestle professionally and every commission that i went to turned me down you know i got uh and that was you know i'd you know because i live here in kentucky i had you know contacted them all and everything and i had uh you know went to the executive board meeting of the kentucky boxing wrestling commission and that was where i'd found my initial partner chad miller who uh was the executive director at that time and he uh you know really was into sports and you know, athletic improvement and, you know, all of that. And, you know, uh, one thing led to another Danny Davis, you know, ah, you you're interested in buying a wrestling company. And then, you know, that really sprung Chad on and Chad talked me into it. And, uh, Joe Reeves, another, in- another initial partner. And, uh, we went together and we bought, you know, OVW and, you know, we've been at it ever since. And then, you know, but, you know, and I always ask myself, why, why would I be here? You know, why would I be doing this? What fate has brought this back? Um, and then, you know, Craig Greenberg and Matt Jones got involved, uh, you know, after COVID, uh, mm-hmm. because of, this, of being shut down and the money mm-hmm. that was spent. And, you know, uh, one thing led to another and they bought in and, you know, Craig and his wife were friends with a BBC executive producer, BBC America, and got to have them talking about buying the wrestling company. And, you know, um, she went back to LA. She was, she had just come into town for a wedding, went back to LA, mentions it to this, you know, another executive producer, Alejandro Melendez. He and, you know, Matt Jones pitches in the idea of Greg Whiteley, who produced Last Chance You and Cheer to, you know, hey, maybe they can do that here type of thing. So Alejandro got interested, came you know, he had a connection to Greg, came, filmed a teaser reel, showed it to Greg. Greg was like, That's what I want to do. He goes to Netflix, who he's got a developmental deal with. Uh, you know, they agreed, gave him money to send a crew here, film for a week, take it back, show it to the Netflix uh executives, and boom, they agreed to do it and we're off to the races. So
0: and, and that's <clears throat> isn't it so interesting how just things kind of work out that yeah. way when you needed it to, it's, it's really amazing how, you know, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it makes it happen. Mm-hmm. And I, and I gotta tell you, I, a lot of what you said about wrestling resonates with me, you know, here, here in California, Northern California, there are so many wrestling training schools. And I remember I would go to one or two or whatever. And, you know, I just never wanted to go to like, you know, that's why I, you know, we I talked off air about Johnny Jeter who I trained with and, I did that because he'd been there. You yeah. know what I mean, and and he'd been at OVW, you know, in in, in the uh, in the early days when it was a developmental territory for the WWE. Yeah, and and I just never understood why I'd want to go sure. and like train with a guy who trained to a guy who trained, a, guy who trained a guy who trained with a guy who trained with a guy who trained with a guy who ended up who trained at the at the heart Dungeon. You know what I mean, like
1: right? It, yeah, where I, I, yeah. I always advise everyone like if they don't want to come to OVW Academy, that's fine. You know, I get it, Mm -hmm. you know, but do yourself a favor. Like if you have the goal of going to WWE, find someone who has been in WWE, otherwise, they're not going to have the experience, which means they're not going to have the knowledge to teach you what's necessary for you to know, to have even a a, a remote chance of success if you ever get an opportunity. If you want to go overseas, find someone Who has been overseas that has went on you know some international trips has went and toured different countries and performed as a wrestler in those countries and they will then have the experience which means they will have the knowledge to pass along to you to where when you get that opportunity you'll be able to exploit it to its fullest potential there is no sense if you have a goal of wanting to reach wwe or or tour overseas for an international wrestling company that you now are being taught by somebody whose whole career and i'm not just i'm not you know dismissing or you know um disrespecting them but it's just a fact What's someone who their whole entire career they've traveled 40 miles from their home <laughs> to wrestle on a monthly or you know every so often basis what are they going to communicate to you based on the experience they have that will ensure that you will be successful in achieving one of those goals, you know, and they can't, you know, that and, and, it, and it's simply because they've just not had that experience, which means they don't have the knowledge, you can have all the we live in a, a world in a time that you know, you can access information, anyone can access information on any topic whatsoever. In the world right now, yeah. okay, can access it all. All right. But if you don't have a commensurate amount of experience with that information, you don't have real knowledge. What you have mm-hmm. is an opinion. Mm-hmm. And opinions are the lowest form of human knowledge because they require little or sometimes no information to conjugate one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and everybody's more than willing to expound their opinions in a public forum as if it's based off of real hard knowledge when it isn't because you mm-hmm. haven't got that experience in that particular form.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think you um, you've done like I said, you've done everything now there is to do in wrestling. Do you feel like you get more fulfillment out of training these people or agenting or or actually wrestling? Where do you do you think you get more fulfillment in one area of the business or another?
1: No, uh, I get fulfillment out of it altogether. I'd love what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I realize, you know, oh, quite a while ago that probably my legacy will probably be all the people that I have trained and developed and helped go on to be stars in the wrestling business
0: yeah is there a guy i mean you've you've trained a lot of different guys i mean you've been on tough enough you know you've been Mm -hmm. involved with a lot of different guys was there someone in particular that you just kind of feel is like you're just the one person you really connected with that you feel is part of that legacy
1: Uh, i connected with them all yeah i mean yeah i couldn't even couldn't even begin to just mm-hmm. pick one you know what i mean i've i've been blessed because i really developed great relationships with each and every one of them and mm-hmm. you know you know like it it's a boxing term and mm-hmm. it's been used in wrestling for years you know like i'm 60 years old and the guy that brought me into the business i'm still his kid you know <laughs> he's still responsible for me i'm mm-hmm. still responsible for his name you know mm-hmm. if i say something on here that you know older wrestlers don't agree with well then you know they're going to call him you know yeah. and then I, he's going to give me a call you know, they, <laughs> hey what would you say and you know why are they calling me and then i'm gonna have to explain right you know that just was the rule of the business Yeah. you know and uh you know and that has happened you know <laughs> <and> <laughs> over the years that has happened for sure you know and i and I, i've got to explain and justify what it is i was saying or you know what i was what you know and that it, it was a misunderstanding or or you know apologize
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know um i think life
0: sometimes is uh, defined in you know moments you know little moments that you remember memories can you think of a moment in your career that stands out as a moment where you looked around and you just said i am
1: Proud and I'm happy right now. All the time. All the all the goddamn time. All the time. Really? I, I, yeah. Why not? I've got yeah. to do what I love to do for as long as I've gotten to do it. Sure, yeah. there there have been bad times, there have been bad situations, there have been bad experiences. But I look at it, you know, when you start to get into these existential kind of conversations, <laughs> then people right. look at you like you're really kind of weird. But um the way that I look at life is that uh, for one, I don't really think there are any real bad experiences. Mm. No, people are going to argue with me about that. I think that they're there to give you enough information. So when you get to an older age, you can tell good stories. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's really all your life is. Your life is just a story. And every relationship Mm -hmm. you have in it is another story. Mm -hmm. And you know, you can't pick up another book um, and start reading and enjoying yet a different story. If one story doesn't come to an end. Mm -hmm. And we never want those stories to come to an end. And we have Mm -hmm. to accept that they are and they will. And you know, and the other thing that I've come to realize, and this sounds really (laughs) pretty morbid, when I say it, but everything and everyone dies. Mm -hmm. Everything guys, um, everything has a beginning, a middle and an end, as much as we don't want that to be the case, it does.
0: Yeah.
1: And mm-hmm. that means that everything had a once upon a time. And mm-hmm. then everything is a story. And mm-hmm. that's not bad. That just means you, you because you can't start another story without one story coming to an end, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and you know, what's the you know, I, 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 I've always since a child of been a very avid reader. And, uh, um, you know, and I've gotten to re- I've read 1000s of books on <laughs> um, all the classics, and you know, all the literature mm-hmm. you're supposed to read. And, right. I, you know, to the point where I read comic books, too, you know, I yeah. do love comic books. Obviously, mm. Yeah, you uh, can see. <laughs> yeah, um, You know, but as good as some of the stories are, you know if they never come to an end you never get to read another a different one and more exciting one or you know it just is the way it works And uh you know i've gotten to live and you know i die tomorrow i've lived an amazing story i've lived yeah. more i've actually went and lived a life period and all because at 14 i went hey i want to grow up to become somebody who fake fights other men in their underwear for money You know, and it has led to opportunities to, I've been in, I think on last count, I think I'm 39 or 40 different countries around the world. I've been on every continent except for Antarctica. I've been on multiple safaris in South Africa. I've been, you know, I've been jumped off, you know, dove into the Atlantic Ocean, just 35 miles south of the North Pole on the beach, a black beach in Iceland. You know, I've uh, I can keep going, and I'm not bragging. You know, that's all been because of professional wrestling. With you know yeah. snorkeling in the in the Persian Gulf, you know, um, you know, been in you know in 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 uh, Alexandria, Egypt, and you know swam in the Mediterranean, where the you know the water is bluer than the sky. Uh, that's all for one reason. Because I decided to be a professional wrestler, so you know, pick how can I pick just one moment? Where yeah, I know, you know what? Yeah, I mean there, there you know, there have been lots of moments where I've been like, oh yeah, man, you know, but I mean it's just one after another. I mean, you know, and yeah, there have been lots of lots of stuff that you know kind of sucked eggs too, but sure. know, at the time.
0: So let me ask you, if you're talking to a young person and they're asking you, how do I get that? Uh-huh. How do I get that? And it, maybe it's not
1: wrestling. It's easy. It's easy. What do what you tell them? I tell them that you have to be, because we all lied every day to everyone. Mm-hmm. It's just a fact. And if you claim that you don't, you're lying to yourself. Period. Mm-hmm. So I will lie to somebody to some degree during the day. But you know who I don't lie to I quit lying to anymore. Me. I just Mm -hmm. accept who I am. I accept my faults. I don't try to justify. I don't lie. And if you're honest with yourself about what you really want out of life. Okay. And I'm I genuinely mean this when I say this, you know, and people Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay, you're right. I was mm-hmm. 14 and look at what I've done, and now you're interviewing me because of the very thing that I just said I could do. Right. So you're right. I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up in a very small town, the middle of Northwest Ohio, you know, and, and got into a business that at the time that I got into it, it was easier to be a main man in the mafia than it was to mm-hmm. be a professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you want something bad enough, you'll find a way. You don't, you'll find an excuse. You genuinely want to live a life that others don't live. Then you genuinely have to be willing to do things that others don't do. Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You know, Lady Gaga, when, you know, everybody was up in arms, when she did that, wore that meat dress or whatever to an award show, do you think Mm -hmm. that she likes that, that she enjoys that? Of course not, but that's her job. Right. She's willing to do those things to motivate you to speak about her, to continue to make herself a draw. Mm-hmm. are you willing to do that well right. if you're not you're not going to live the life that she's living yeah that I run it I, I,
0: as, a, as an attorney I mentor a lot of kids a lot of different attorneys when they come through and one of the things that I found really interesting is uh the people who they want they want all the things without putting in the work and even sure. the fun even the fundamentals yes you know even even doing because there's what people don't see when you're successful Like for you, I am sure you worked on fundamental wrestling, chain wrestling, all that stuff for thousands of hours to get where you're at. And yet, there are so many guys who want to go out there. And I see it in the indies sometimes. They want to go out there without doing those fundamentals and just play wrestler for a little while and then go home and
1: show pictures to all their friends. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. But then realize you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Mm -hmm. So don't sit there and cry and sing the blues and, you know, mourn the dreams that you have not achieved by the work you didn't put in. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it sounds harsh to say that because we live in a society where oh, geez, we you know, we have to help make sure everybody can achieve it. You can it that can be done. If you're willing to do it. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, no, 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 that's not possible. That's not true. Really, Zach Gowen was a WWE superstar. He was missing a leg. Yeah, that's true. And he made it. That's right. Yeah. Oh, but you know, you know. Yeah. We gotta we yeah. gotta level the playing field. That playing field ain't level, and he was mm-hmm. still able to do it. Yeah. Oh, he was a one in a million. Why? Why can't you be a one in a million?
0: Yeah. There's still one,
1: right? That's There's right. And you could you could do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, you know, I hear people all the time, you know, oh, I hate my job. I go, no, you don't. And they're like, how could you say that? You don't know. I go, I know exactly. And they're like, well, how do you know? I go, because you're still at it. Mm-hmm. You haven't mm-hmm. quit. Right. You're not a tree. You can move anytime <laughs> you want. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. hate the job. You then leave, quit, go find it. You can go find another one that sucks. That's right. hard, you know? Right. I've always wanted to do so-and-so. Why didn't you? Well, I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Well, yeah, you can. You could yeah. do it. Well, I'm didn't, thinking. And here's why, because as a society we are sold that when we are pandered, that false sense of security with a regular day-to-day job with mm-hmm. a regular day-to-day career, mm-hmm. we're sold that false sense of security. Because if you work for somebody else at the end of the day, they can come walk in there any moment, any day, and go, hey, yeah, we got to downsize, hey, you know, whatever term they want to come up with these days. But basically, you're out of a job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and if you don't, you're in a an industry that's being scaled back or is faltering away. Then where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Well, that mm-hmm. was, yeah, that was your, you know, that was it. That was the card mm-hmm. you had to play. You know, and and the real reason that people love their jobs. I mean, genuinely love them. It's quite honestly, it's simple. Mm -hmm. A job is where a person comes into an agreement with an employer that, hey, I'm going to come in and perform certain services. And for those services, each hour that I do them, you're going to give me a certain amount of money per hour. Correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, And most people, let's face it, it's just a fact, they get to their that job. And some days, you know, I just I don't really feel like putting in a hundred percent. I'm gonna coast on sixty or sometimes even forty. But at the end of the day, they expect what? One hundred percent of their pay. Yeah, and they're gonna get a hundred percent of their pay. Mm -hmm. You know, and so they actually get out more than what they put in. And that's the only place you can do it is in a job. Mm -hmm. Anything you pursue that's a passion, you only get out of it what you put in it.
0: That is really interesting. I've never actually thought about it that way, but it's so true. (laughs) I, I, you know, I manage people all the time and it's, Mm -hmm. it's true. You know,
1: they, they don't put in the work, but they expect to get the pay. Well, they, and they, in, in most situations they are, they do and they've had that experience in their lives. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you being in the entertainment business as a whole, whether it's wrestling or music or acting or magic for the blind, you know, Mm -hmm. it it, it don't, it doesn't matter. It's a hard way to make a living. You know, you're all you're always starting a job to basically work yourself out of employment at some Mm -hmm. point, Mm -hmm. or you're the product that has a shelf life that you've got to capitalize on as much as you can while you're on that shelf. And you have that public's attention before you, it wanes and then they lose interest and they go on and buy another product, you know, and you, you know, it going in, there is no mm-hmm. security, you mm-hmm. know, and, and you're always in a race to try to, you know, make as you know, make as much haze when the sun shines and to, so that you can carry over to the next time that the season starts again. Yeah, so. man. Listen, I, uh, I appreciate it. I know you had a hard out.
0: We've already over it. I, uh, oh, yeah. but, uh, Sorry about uh that. oh, no, no, Tom, I, I talked to you all day. I mean, <laughs> you know, the thing, the thing that's, that I find so fascinating about you and I love about being a podcaster is I learn so much about people. And there's one thing that I notice about successful people that is very different. And that is that you bet on yourself, you work, you work your ass off and you succeed. And it's so funny how many people don't mm-hmm believe that you yeah. know what i mean like they really don't believe
1: it and it's like so you've frustrating got them. you've got to convince yeah. them yeah yeah well we're we're taught i mean let's face it mm-hmm. you're taught you know uh you know uh, from tv on you're taught mm-hmm. that you you get a house you get a family you know, dad go dad or or mom and dad both go to work but they return home every evening to the same house you know, and there's vacation for two weeks a year. You're taught from TV wise that, that that's your life. Go to go, you know, especially now that the colleges work their gimmick, you know, and I'm not against higher learning. I'm not against learning at all in general. Mm-hmm. I think you should always learn as much as you can possibly learn. But let's face facts. How How did the professors that are in the colleges learn? Well, they went out and made mistakes and learned the skills and through experience that they can then teach you. Cause if they didn't, they really have nothing to teach you because they don't have yeah. any knowledge because they have no real world experience, you know, sure. um, you know, so, but we have been indoctrinated into this, you know, well you you know, in order to make a certain amount of money, you've got to go to college and you know uh, and you don't. I mean, quite frankly, you just it just don't. and you can you can go and do you know and cultivate your talents and and do what you have a passion to do um and and you know if you follow your passion what they do say is true i mean one you'll never have to work a day in your life and two the you know things like uh recognition and and money will will come will they come right away no they won't and it's going to be it's going to be challenging it's going to be hard and and you're going to have to face stresses and and you know uh uh challenges that normal people won't yeah it's just you know just a fact but when you finally get there you know you're going to be living a life that others want to live because you were willing to do things that others wouldn't do yeah and and that's just a fact i mean
0: but i think it's also hard about that too is that like for example right they see all snow in ecw or the wwe but they didn't see necessarily you on the indie scene for a decade before that you see what i'm saying like well, they and- <laughs> didn't
1: see me when i first broke into business you know mm-hmm. and you know i get i got paid i you get paid off of how many people you draw how, if I, I put your name on a poster how many people are going to be motivated buy a ticket just to see you okay mm-hmm. well when i first started out i didn't have a name i mean i had a name i was l snow but you know nobody knew it so mm-hmm you know, I was one plus one other match, or I was other exciting bouts or additional loss, my name was not on the poster. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the way that in the wrestling business, it works, there's a percentage of the house that goes to all the wrestlers Well, you based off of how much your name drew that house, you get a percentage of that. Well, my name wasn't on the poster. So who gets the who's the last in line to get whatever's left, right? Sometimes there was nothing or next to nothing that was left you know, and so I slept in my car lots of nights, I pushed my car into towns and then hoped that there was going to be enough of an audience and I would get enough money to put gas in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't afford certainly to stop at restaurants and eat, you know, and so I had cold food, you know, 50 cents or, you know, I learned how to live off of Vienna sausages and spam and, and mm-hmm. you know, and then I got a Boy Scout mess kit and put, you know, some muffler tape and put it on the manifold of my car to heat up you know, stuff, because let's face it, room temperature Vienna sausage is disgusting. (laughs) If they're at least warm, they taste better. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, and I just saw the other night in the store, they had now barbecue Vienna sausage. I'm like, well, shit, where was that, you know, years ago? It could have made life a little bit more bearable. But, you know, you could buy those things for 25 cents a can and, you know, and you were able to eat something, you know, at the time. So, yeah. you know, nobody saw all that, you know, and I'm not t- t- talking about it to like, most people talk about those things like, it, oh my God, it was such a cross to bear, but one, it wasn't, it, you know, honestly, when I look back, those were some of the greatest times in my career. Yeah. You know, I was having so much fun. I was doing what I love to do and, you know, but it wasn't easy, yeah. you know, then, yeah. you know,
0: I, I think, I think people who are most successful, they really just love the journey. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, like when you get the success, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, next, what's next? What's the next what
1: building? What what is success? That's I had this conversation not too long ago on a podcast, mm-hmm. and you know, everybody, oh, you're successful. What is success? Mm-hmm. What is it? Because I don't get it. I don't understand mm-hmm. it at all. I, I really don't. One, I don't, maybe I'm weird. I mean, well, I am. I'll, I'll that, <laughs> but, but one, I don't think I've ever failed at anything. Mm. The only time I've failed is when I quit.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? And yeah. I really do. And, and even then I don't think it failed because at least I was doing it. It just right. worked, didn't work out. Yeah. It, and the other, I always see on social media, well, I gotta grind. I gotta grind. I gotta hustle. I've been busting my ass for 41 years now. I don't think I've ever ground one day in my life. And I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever hustled anything. I've done what I like to do. I work really, really hard. You know, Mm -hmm. I go for days without sleep. I mean, I just literally did live television for two hours on a third on last Thursday, left Thursday night, right after TV, drove halfway to Wisconsin, didn't go to bed until three in the morning, got up, finished the trip on Friday, went to bed at two in the morning on Friday to get up to rest, you know, do an appearance and, all of that in Wisconsin, get up at 4 30 in the morning to go fly to Toronto to do another appearance and not get in until midnight. Get up at 5 30 in the morning to fly back to Milwaukee to meet my wife, to drive back to Louisville the whole time in the car, writing this week's episodes of TV and, you know, and answering the phone, talking and managing everything in OVW at the same time as I'm in the car. So I, but that's not a grind to me. Yeah. You love That's it. How hustle. It's what I do, you know, and yeah. I, I, and I enjoy it and I don't understand what exactly is success. You mm-hmm. know, I feel that I've had a very successful career, not because people know who I am, not, you know, not because of the money I made, but because I've gotten to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah, you know, I, it's funny. I was talking to my son about this. He wants to play. A, he, he's a guitar player. He's a singer he's, he's in all sorts of choirs and stuff and doing very well. And I told him, you know, I talked about stuff like, you know, I go, Hey, listen, here's the deal. Go try and be a rock star. If that's really what you want to do, the chance, the chances that you're going to make it, they're probably slim, but somebody makes it. And if you don't make it, think about all the cool stories you'll tell your kids about all the times you went and played all these different cool venues. I mean, so I always thought when I was
1: 18,
0: when I was 18, I thought I was going to go to the WWE. I really did. Like I thought I was going to go to the wild Samoan training center, train there and then go to the WWE and I have the size for it. So I thought it would be good. And then I went on a mission for my church and came back and life just kind of changed in a different way. And I, and so now I've been on the indie scene. I promoted wrestling shows. I did stuff with impact. I did stuff with, uh, I promoted some stuff with new Japan, <clears throat> did all these different things. Now did I make it to the WWE. Sure. That might be, no, I didn't. And, that may be a failure but think of all the cool stories
1: i have now yeah, see i don't think it's a failure you right. know. like you know uh, i had a kid the other uh here in ovw and you know because they all get in it with the, you know a destination in mind they all have to be signed by wwe
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know he's like how long did it take for you that signed and i was like ah, i think i was working like 13 14 years what it took you that long oh my god i went I didn't get into it to be signed by WWE, mm-hmm. I got into it to do it, you mm-hmm. know, and and quite honestly, my goals were to be able to make a living doing it and nothing else, you know, mm-hmm. and I've been able to do that for 41 years, have create some moments that people would remember and wouldn't forget. And I've done that because and I know because lots of people have come up and speak to me about things I've done in my career, you know, that they talk about they remember mm-hmm. and and make a name for myself that will outlast my time in the business. And I think I've done that. So I think, you know, could I have been more successful? Well, certainly I could have made more money and I could have been in more main events and held more titles. Absolutely could have, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but am I not successful? I think I am. I got I accomplished all all of my goals. You know yeah I did what i wanted to do and i've gotten to do what i love to do for as long as i've gotten to do it and, and, I'm and still you doing love it, it. yeah, yeah. And i love it oh yeah. it's just i've never once regretted doing it you know i've never once regretted you know making that decision and and going for the ride
0: yeah man that's awesome and i think that a lot of what you just said is going to resonate with people out there i think <clears throat> the last question i want to ask you is if i i, I have some Rest, indie, independent wrestlers that listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. If you were to give one piece of advice to an indie wrestler who's just starting, uh what would what would it
1: be? Just one piece of advice. Well, I would say, as much uh, well, as much as you want to give them, but yeah. <laughs> well one the biggest one is and this is this is you know believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. You're asking other people to believe in you to the point where they're willing to invest an enormous amount of money in you. And if you don't believe in yourself and don't believe you're worth it, I always ask this question when I'm doing a seminar, because this is good. It's a great thing. Okay, like you know, legitimately, I still have connections, and you know, um, you know, I'll ask everyone, hey, you know, how many of you want to do be in WWE? All the hands. Okay, how many of you want to be, you know, signed somewhere? All the hands. How many would you like to be able to do this for a living and nothing else? Just on this level. Okay. All right. Here's the secret. All right. I can get you a match. I probably could a dark match or match on SmackDown or raw, you know, Um, call, make a phone call and get you one. Okay. Here's the thing you don't take into consideration. And that is that everything that's done with you is an investment of time, money, and effort. So in order to give you that match, uh, at the time when I was there, now I'm sure it's immensely a lot more mm-hmm. expensive, but 30 seconds of television time on raw cost $50,000. So I give you a six minute match. That means I'm investing $300,000 in you. Just in right. television time Now I could have chosen to, instead of give you that match for your, yourself, I could have sold that to Coca-Cola or Chevrolet or you know what I mean? And -hmm. I could have made $300,000. So I'm going to invest that in you. Okay. Now what I'm going to ask you is, if I could do it, not asking you how you get your money, you know, just say you can. It's your money. Would you be willing to pay me the $300,000 to get that opportunity? that once in a lifetime opportunity that if you use it correctly, you could make your $300,000 back and God knows what. Are you willing to take the chance on yourself and invest your own money in you? Yes or no? If you're asking me, yes. (laughs) Okay. When, When, and then you'll be surprised, you know, it's not surprising. There are a lot of people when I ask that question, I'll go show me by show hands. And if there's 20 people that I'm doing the seminar for, maybe only four or five will actually put their hands up. Wow! And I tell each and every one of them, as a matter of fact, I go, those that put your hands up, you have a chance of success. Mm-hmm. You have a chance of achieving what you want to achieve. Those of you that didn't put your hands up, I would suggest you quit right now. Wow. If you don't believe enough in yourself, to be willing to to invest your own money in you how do you think you're ever going to convince someone else to invest their money in you yeah it doesn't work that way yeah
0: that's a great point wow well i appreciate you know you giving me
1: the time i appreciate you you for the time
0: yeah, I appreciate you getting o- overtime uh, with me, and uh, I enjoyed the conversation immensely. Yeah. Hopefully, some someday maybe we can do it again. And, yeah, uh, I would
1: love to. Yeah. And if everyone check out Wrestlers on Netflix, please on social media, you know, continue to support it. Hashtag Wrestlers Netflix. Just found out today there's some major award, uh, you know, independent film and television award that the the docu series is up for. Um, you know, uh, we just uh, was the, announced this uh today um you know and uh we're still keeping our fingers crossed for season two um yeah. we'll see we're supposed to find out in january uh nice. if that might happen or not um you know so keep please you know really appreciate everybody's support and spread the word you know try and get more people to watch it
0: and, yeah and um, if, if, if people want to find ovw on like social media website yeah. where do you where do they go
1: Uh, They can go to ovwrestling.com on the internet, you know, for the website. Uh, And then it kind of, we, social media, just look for Ohio Valley Wrestling or OVW um, on social media. If they are interested in our uh, training center, which is actually the only certified by the State Office of Proprietary Education as an actual trade school for professional wrestling sports entertainment and broadcasting in the world. Uh, they can go to ovwacademy.com uh, if they're interested in watching OVW live TV where we're the only company outside of WWE and AEW that do live television every week. Uh, they can watch that on uh, YouTube, they can at OVW, you know, whatever, however you do that on YouTube. Um, but you can watch it live from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern time every week. Uh, we're also on Fight TV. Uh, we're um, in about 100 million homes on a variety of national networks with YTA, Action Channel, Next Level Sports, RCN, Lilly, and Game Plus networks. Um, and uh, if you're interested in following me on social media, go to The Real Al Snow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok you name it. I'm there. So. Awesome.
0: Well, I appreciate, I got to tell you guys as a, as a fan and also as an indie wrestler, I appreciate everything you do for the business and I have immense respect for you. So I'm really, I'm really happy that you were willing to come on and talk to me and uh, and you know, I wish you all the best. And hopefully one day I did a, I did a mission in Indiana. So I get back there sometimes. I'm gonna have to come back down there sometime and, and
1: come oh, check please. you guys out. Yeah. We'd love to have you as a guest. That would be yeah. awesome. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Al. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. You guys have a great day. Have a great night.